Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurts, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK show. Unfortunately, unfortunately, tonight you're stuck with me, not Gareth. Gareth has jetted off to the sun, so he's going to be uh, lying on a beach somewhere listening to this podcast as soon as we get it published. But tonight I am joined by the terrible twosome, Paul Hope. What's up everybody? And Naji Kara. Hello everyone. You know, it's ages since I've said Naji Kara like that. I know, it, yeah. it, it just feels as if I've come home for some reason. It's just, <laughs> there you go, Najikura. <laughs> so we're heading into um, our second divisional game matchup of the season. Um, we're coming up against the Cardinals. And I've got to say, I don't, I don't know about you two, but I always feel uneasy about this game. And I think it's that stretch where they basically had our number. And even though they're not particularly a very good team at the moment, although they did beat the Cowboys, I still feel really uneasy about it. I do. Yeah, same. We've lost too many games against them for whatever reason. Even when they weren't good, yeah. we still somehow lost games. Well, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk about one of those games. One of those yeah. games which I think everybody would like to forget. But I'm going to talk about mm. it anyway because it's part of the history. <laughs> so. Yeah. As with previous shows, um, Natchez going to go and do the offense report. Paul's going to do the defense. And all father time here, I'm stuck with the history. So I'm going to do the history and we'll kick off with the history. So it's like the history channel list. I should get the music and the logo and do that when we start. Yeah, we should, we should have a jingle. I Something that. like that. A jingle, a history jingle. <laughs> okay, so the Cardinals have not always been in the NFC West. They actually moved over to the NFC West after the 2002 realignment. Um, they started life as the Chicago Cardinals back in 51 before moving to St. Louis in um, 1960 and then they finally settled in Arizona in 1987. I think the thing that makes me think of the Arizona Cardinals or St. Louis Cardinals more than anything else is Jerry Maguire, Rod Tidwell. I always oh, think yeah. Of the, yeah, yeah. I always think of the Cardinals because of that movie. Um, right. Not that I like the Cardinals, I, I hate them almost as much as the Rams, but not quite. I, I do kind of feel sorry for them every now and again. Um, and to be honest, the 49ers have had their number quite often. We, we lead the series 34-29. We've won five out of the last eight. However, <laughs> before that, there was a miserable run of eight losses on the bounce. And during that run was one of the games I'm going to talk to, uh, tell you about. So seven games in total have gone to overtime. The 49ers have won four of those. The Cardinals have won three. There's two particular games in mind which I think are infamous in 49 history. Not famous, not something you'd look back on fondly, but infamous. And th those are the two games I'm going to kind of give you an overview of. So I think I'll start with the, the least painful one or depending on what your, your perspective is, it might not be. But to me, it's the least painful one. And that was back in 2015. Colin Kaepernick goes and throws four picks during that game, including oh, two God. pick sixes in the space of two minutes <laughs> as we were absolutely wiped out by the air cards. 47-7. Was it on the first play of the game as well? He threw a pick six? No, no. Um, he threw an interception. He didn't throw a pick six. 
The right. pick sixes came towards the end of the first quarter. I think roughly about five, six minutes, six minutes and yeah. four minutes. Um, and he threw two pick sixes there. And that, that, that kind of, I think that heralded in a lot of the hatred that Cops suddenly started to get about the fact that he couldn't uh, read a defense and w- without the right play caller behind him, then he, he wasn't very good. And I, th- I think in modern history, that's probably one of the most infamous of the games. Now, the <laughs> second one, the, the second one is one that I, I still think about to this day and how it kind of changed the course the direction of the 49ers for at least a decade and that was back in 1999 Cardinals cornerback I'm going to butcher his name as I always do let me try I did get this earlier on let me just have a think about how you say this Aeneas Aeneas Williams Good time. I think it's Aeneas Williams he sacked Steve uh, Young, which resulted in uh, Young suffering a concussion. And it actually eventually finished his career. He didn't return from that. And that was it. He, he retired, didn't play another down. Uh, and that, to me, that set in motion a, a period of 10, 11, 12 years where we were Dark average to mediocre at best. We, we had those years with Garcia and uh, Steve Mariucci so I think that was only three or four seasons where we were still competitive we were getting into the playoffs but there was just something missing about the team we'd gone so long with the likes of Joe Montana and Steve Young 19-20 years where we were kind of blessed at quarterback Jeff Garcia came in and I think if I'm honest at the time because he wasn't Steve Young because he wasn't Joe Montana I didn't really give him the credit that he deserved because he, he was a decent quarterback to be honest, but he wasn't either one of those two. So I didn't particularly look on him fondly like I used to with Young and Montana. It wasn't until, <laughs> wasn't until after that that I started looking fondly on Gar- Jeff Garcia and thinking, yeah, I wish we had somebody like that. Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. So that that's, that's the two infamous games I've got there. So believe it or not, the Cardinals and the 49ers played the very first ever international series game when they faced off in Mexico in 2005. That is right, folks. The international series actually began before it moved to the UK. Mexico was the first uh, country to host a regular season game outside of the US. In 2003, the 49ers managed to get a little bit of a revenge. I'm saying revenge. This actually happened years and years before that 47-7 mauling. But in 2003, we did spank the Cardinals by 50 points to 14. Um, Jeff Garcia threw for 252 yards and four touchdowns. And Kevin Barlow ran for 154, including a 46-yard touchdown run. We've got... There was quite a few players that played for both teams, but I'll be honest, none of them really stand out too much. There's a, <laughs> there's a select few. And, and to be honest, they're all pretty much modern, modern age players as well. Um, Anquan Bolden, he was absolutely brilliant for both teams. I, I think that's one thing that the Cardinals fans and us can agree on. Bolden was absolute gold. He he had yeah. such safe hands. And, and I keep on looking at Debo Samuel because they are kind of built the same. They've got this stocky build. Like you think, well, yeah. he could have easily been a running back. But Anquan Bolden's hands were much better than Debo. 
he, he was like stick him all over the, his hands every time that ball went near him he had that ball somebody else another wide receiver that's played for both teams uh, Michael Crabtree some 49er fans look fondly back at Crabtree's period with us but he soured for me pretty much straight away when he, he he held out his rookie year so he didn't start playing until I think it was mid-October because he wanted he, he, he didn't agree with where he was drafted and he wanted money for where he thought he should have been drafted and I think it was Darius Beer got drafted by the Raiders and everybody thought Crabtree was going to him and again it was one of these things at the time I thought Jesus Michael Crabtree's fallen to us here fantastic there's one for you Paul and Oh. Yeah, get that marked on there. <laughs> I and, love the honesty, Lee. I, I love know, the honesty. I, I couldn't help it. I feel, I feel really disappointed with myself now. <laughs> and um, he, he fell to us, and I thought, this is great. He's going to be a great uh, wide receiver. And then straight away, hold out. I'm not signing. I'm not signing unless you give us more money. I want money for a number three pick. And I think we picked him either 11 or 12, something like that, quite, quite far down. Yeah. In comparison, so so yeah, he didn't really endear himself to me, and I kind of liked the nickname people had given him, Michael Cashtree instead of Crabtree. <laughs> um, somebody who is thought of in a better light is Garrison Hurst, running back. He played for both teams. Um, a couple of offensive guards, both of them I really liked when they were at the 49ers, Mikey Party and Alex Boone. Alex Boone had quite a quite a good story behind him. He ended up being on the practice squad for four or five seasons and never quite got into the team, never made that roster. And then finally he made the roster and he played unbelievable. You wouldn't believe that this guy had spent the last four or five seasons fighting tooth and nail to just get on the practice squad. It must have just clicked with him that fifth year and bang, everything he did was right. And you kind of couldn't believe that we're getting such good value from Alex Boone. And he played well for both teams. Um, Mikey Party, when he was uh, drafted, he was a great guard. From from day one to the day he left, he, he was a quality value pick for us. He was unbelievable. Another guy that I kind of liked, Antoine Bethier. He's played for both teams. Yeah, and I like Bethier because he came straight off the back of uh, Dante, Dante Wintner. And Dante Wintner, I really enjoyed it when he played for us, but I'll be honest, and I thought he used to be a little bit dirty with the hits. And I, yeah, I didn't like that. So. Yeah, I didn't like that that much. Whereas Antoine Bethier used to hit just as hard, but he was clean. All of his tackles were clean. So I kind of liked Antoine Bethier. Enjoyed watching him play. Um, and believe it or not, we've had quite a few kickers. Quite a few kickers. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah. Punters and kickers. Yeah. Um, I'm only going to list three of them. I think there was seven in total. So Phil Dawson, Jordan Edney and Andy Lee. Um, all of those have played for both seasons. Phil Dawson actually finished his first season with us with the second most points and field goals in team history. And we all know about uh, Jordan Edney and the infamous $7,500 fine for flipping off a Saints fan after the Saints had beat <laughs> us back in 2007. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> I love the guy just for that alone. Um, Andy Lee Andy Lee was another guy that we'd actually uh, expended a draft pick on I think he was a fifth rounder Um, nobody could understand at the time but he was absolutely solid for us he was solid for the Cardinals Um, and I think when he left I understand why we let him go because he he was so good that we were going to have to pay him a lot more money than what we could afford 
Um, and that's when we went for Bradley Pinion. Bradley Pinion replaced Andy Lee. Um, and that's history. I mean, Bradley Pinion stayed with us, what, three, four seasons, and then he ended up on the Buccaneers. He got a suit wall ring. Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so on to the game on Sunday. Hopefully, Nadji and Paul have done the homework. So, Nadji's going to start off with the offence. Um, tell us a little bit about the Cardinals' offence. And, and bear in mind, Nadji, I want you to be kind about a certain Stanford wide receiver. <laughs> okay? I'm just putting that out that's, there. Michael Wilson, totally Michael Wilson is one hell of a player. Right. That's totally fair. Let me uh, right. this. I've got the dead chart, the death chart for people yeah, it's watching there. at home. Oh, that's just upset us straight away, Naji. Right, get that off. Ilan Manning. I know, Ilan Manning. I know. And then you're going to um, go to defense uh, when Paul starts talking and you're going to upset us again. Yeah. Um, so the, the, we could start there if you want. They picked him up from our practice squad slash cut from the camp. I mean, he's not playing, so... Uh, but yeah, um, I've had a look around and I am kind of baffled by this offense. I'm not quite sure what they're trying to do. I think they're very balanced. They will just go to what works on the day. Uh, and they have a good variety of weapons. Uh, so if we want to start at the top, Marcus Brown, a super speedster from Baltimore that they acquired last year uh, in a trade, I think. I can't remember exactly what was the trade about. Um but yeah, speedster, just pure speed, a small kind of wide receiver. So that's what they can do. They can stretch the field. Uh, Michael Wilson, big, bigger body, uh, obviously a rookie. So we'll see what he's what he's like uh, over his career. So far, so good. I think seven catches for about 160 yards. Uh, although most of that was against the Cowboys on two catches. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, he's a good. I think he's a good. It'll be a good number two at the very least in this league uh, for for a while, um, and they've got Rondell Moore and DJ hum, um, DJ Humphries, Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch who are kind of the slot guys, reliable. When Kyler Murray was playing, I, I guess we should have, we should have started there, and I will get to it in a second. But when Kyler Murray was playing, it was kind of the safety valve. Those two guys, uh, quick heart, quick slants, that kind of thing. Um, They've obviously acquired Zach Ertz, uh, who I don't think is as good as he used to, uh, or it's definitely not used as he used to, and he's definitely not had the impact uh, late in his career that he used to with Philadelphia. Uh, but he's still, he can still be a threat, and definitely is a threat in the end zone, so that's a short game. Um, and the running back, they have James Conner, who I think I don't need to remind you all people, has hurt us pretty bad in the past <laughs> over the last couple of years. Uh, he seems to be playing really well against us for some reason. Uh, so that's another name that we will look at. Do you guys want to talk about the the offensive weapons before we talk QB and Calamari and all that? Any, anything to add? Anything scares you particularly? I was going to say, Nadji, when I was doing my homework, um, I noticed last week that they were using Rondale Miller similar to how we use Debo Samuel. So it wasn't as trickery, yeah. but there was a couple of times when he literally got the ball in the backfield. I think one yeah. was his touchdown. It was just a straight line. Um, yeah, yeah. And Dobbs, believe it or not, we talk about the eye test on this show. Dobbs hasn't turned the ball over. He's looking he comfortable yeah. in this offense, like you said, Nadji. And we Lee already mentioned it. We, we were going to say how many times we could mention the Cardinals beat the Cowboys last week. And if you go back and watch that tape, they deserve to win that game. 
Um, yeah, it played well. And they played well, but I think you're right. Hollywood Brown speed worries me, and I knew Lee would talk about number 14. So I'm going to hand over <laughs> graciously to uh, Mr. Gowland to talk about his man crush from Stanford. So ever since I saw Michael Wilson play a good few years ago now, back in 2019, he, he struck me as the type of wide receiver that the 49ers like. He, he's very good after the catch. Um, the only the only downside I had with him, and, and this was going back to 2019, like I said, so I mean, it's, it's pretty much his sophomore year, I think it was. Um, his get-off wasn't that good from the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. But once he did get off, his route running was great. That's um, good, his yeah. hands were, were gold. Uh, and if he was to catch in, in front of a defender and has to go past the defender, he was strong enough and big enough to bully his way past that defender. So he was all about yards after the catch. And he, he put up a really good game when I saw him back in 2019. So, and obviously because I watched Stanford, I kind of concentrated on uh, Michael Wilson quite a lot. And every, every time he played, he impressed us. I had injury worries about him, but the injuries were the type of injuries that weren't um, that weren't like a muscular sporting type injury. I don't know if I make myself clear. It's Pure, no pure accident. Yeah, it's like pure yeah, accident. Yeah. He, he broke his arm because he fell awkwardly. Um, and he did something else that you wouldn't really attribute to to not mm-hmm. having like a body to play sports. Yeah, yeah. Unlike That's Jason Verrett, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, Jimmy the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I wanted us to pick him and to see him go, well, I think, what was it? Third round. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm think, trying to think how many picks. I think it was only about eight picks in front of us. Yeah. That the Cardinals picked them up. I think it was 88. And I was absolutely yeah. good at Absolutely good at I mean, I don't think we would have picked him considering we picked Jack Moody. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think, think our sight was set on yeah. something else. Yeah. But, you know, it's, that's the problem with the draft. Who knows? He'll probably end up with us at some point if uh, the Cardinals are rebuilding next year again. Possibly. Um, so obviously, let's talk elephant in the room. Carol Murray is on PUP. He doesn't play. He's been a thorn in our side for a while now. They're all, always comparing to Marvin the Martian from the Warner Brother cartoons because <laughs> it's his bigger helmet thing. Um, but yeah, he's not playing, and we got Joshua Dobbs who came from. Uh, Cleveland, I've uh, tried really late as well. I think it was like week three or four the preseason they snatched him up. And he, yeah, to be fair to him, he's not made any mistakes. But he also, also hasn't lit up the scoreboard. And you can easily argue that they haven't played a good team yet. So I, I'm i fully confident that our defense can uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree him. with what Paul's just about to say here, even though I don't I'm know what he's going to say. I'm going to Go throw on, the man. challenge flag. I was going to say, Nadji, the Cardinals could have easily been 3-0, and and we talked about explosive players on this show last week, and where Dobbs hasn't lit the scoreboard up, against the Cowboys, they had at least eight explosive players, which is defined as a pass play at least 20 yards. And I think you're yeah, right, yeah. Dobbs has come into this offence late, but Shanahan did an interview, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and he was speaking very highly of Dobbs. Now, I think for us, yeah. as Niners fans, it's good that they beat the Cowboys because obviously we were smiling. But equally, <laughs> I think a, a week ago, we would have just said, Cardinals preview? Nah, let's just go straight over to next week. And I think the team have got that mentality as well. So, yeah, I just wanted to sh- throw the challenge flag there. So I'll let Lee no, jump that's, in. And that's totally fine, but... Also, I'm going to ask you this question. If we have eight explosive plays, how many points do you think we score? Oh, 
I, I agree. I'm not saying they're beating us, but I'm, I'm just Easy. saying it's, right. I think the yeah. Cardinals, they're, people think they they have... were going to tank, but if you go back yeah. and watch their games, they, they were very I... close. The games that yeah, they lost. Yeah, no, I agree. But they've played the Giants and the Seahawks. It's not like the, commanders, the Cowboys so, are. So the Giants. What I was yeah. quite surprised to see is that Joshua Dobbs's quarterback stats are almost identical to Brock Purdy's. Almost yeah, identical. Yeah, no, he's, he, um, that's what I'm saying. He's played yeah. well. I, it, you can't take that away from him. So it's going to take a good defense to actually show what he looks like. But I firmly believe our defense is going to be too much for them to handle. And we are going to see the reason why he's not a starter in this league. And that's why he got traded away. I'm confident. This, this is what I'm trying to say. I'm not, I don't want to, you know, then it, you know, put him down. But also, he plays for the Cardinals, so why not? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the interesting thing is obviously that the Cardinals have just come off the back of beating the Cowboys. They now face us, yeah. and then next week we face the Cowboys. So it's almost yeah. as though in the space of like two weeks, three Sundays, we, we're going to get a feel for what the differences are between ourselves and the Cowboys. Hopefully, yeah, because Absolutely. we're all expecting the Cowboys to be there or thereabouts towards the end of the season, making the playoffs, um, and looking at what happened last weekend, it's the first doubt that sprung in, sprung into people's minds thinking, well, hang on here. Are the Cowboys actually going to make the playoffs? Because they've just lost one of the biggest playmakers on defence, Trevon Diggs, for the season. He's gone. But I, I came there for the Dallas yeah. review preview. I, well, I, 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 yeah, I'll keep that for the re, uh, review preview. But yeah, so I think it's going to be a, a decent marker, but not a 100% accurate marker. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, again, we look at, I look at, at the trenches and I look at the offensive line, and it, it's a makeshift one. They've just built this basically this year again, undrafted, you know, out of Cleveland, New York, Atlanta. The only guy that was here last year was DJ Humphreys, and they've got a rookie a right tackle. Uh, and we know that what that does when Bosa and and. Hargrave and Armstead are in front of it. Uh, Daniel Jones didn't have a chance. I don't think Joshua Dobbs is going to have a chance. Uh, this is what I was, I was alluding to, as well as he's played so far. And also, you know, sometimes when you have nothing to lose, you play really well. Um, there's no, you know, the Cardinals, there's zero expectation on them. Uh, everybody knows they're tanking somehow, and their head coach is probably a one year and done. So they're just going out and just having fun, and they're playing pretty well. But I just don't think that's going to happen against us. Unless I'm obviously mistaken. And I know where you guys are coming from. You're a bit scared of that, you know, skeptical about and the Cardinal history, which we we just learned about. Um, and I, I would be too, but not with Purdy and not with that defense. I've tried uh, I reverse think. psychology now, G, because I remember Kyler Murray not playing and Colt McCoy coming into the yeah, guys yeah, and looking yeah, like Tom Brady. No, yeah, we true. all came on the preview show and we were like, we're Very smashing true. the Cardinals, Colt McCoy. But no, I, I agree with what you're saying. I just think the win over the Cowboys last week has brought them to national attention because, like you said, yeah. a lot of people were saying the Cowboys were better than us. The Cowboys are going to be the top team in the NFC. And to see the Cardinals beat them and beat them well, you go back and watch the game tape. It it was pretty impressive, to be fair. So so when you it was, yeah. well, when you talk about Colt McCoy beating us, well, wasn't that the same game that James Connor had an absolute belter of a game? It and did, I yeah. think it was more James Connor beat us than Colt McCoy. 
I think he fucked seemed to remember very well. I think it was more Jimmy G being dreadful <laughs> than anything well, else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're probably right there. But James Conner was running so well that he opened up the. And he would do yeah, running really he, well. He opened yeah, up the right. pass for for I think, McCoy. Wasn't it a game where Mooney Ward was injured and Dre Greenlaw wasn't playing, and maybe even Armstead didn't play that game? No, I think, I think this was right. before Mooney Ward. I think. Um, no, what, I think that's the year Mooney Ward, but he was injured. It was like early on in the season. And I'm I can't sure remember, but no, no, can't no, right. I, I agree. I yeah. don't think they're gonna obviously. We, but it, I think you, you guys are right. Yeah. Ultimately, it's a divisional game. It, they're always slightly different than the normal average game. There's a little bit more to it. Um, but I'll be, you know, I'll be amiss to not go with full confidence, especially that we got we've had ten yet ten days to rest. They've had seven. Um, you know, all that kind of thing that can make the little difference, but. I, so far, I think that that's all I can say. I think they'll probably feed James Conner a lot to start with to see where that takes them. Uh, but if they have to chuck it downfield, they can do that too. So it's going to take a good game for us to beat them. It's the NFL. You always have to play well. Otherwise, you yeah. lose. Yeah. I'll agree with you on that's, that, Najee. So that's that's me wrapping up. Unless you guys want to talk about uh, other thing, I really like Trey McBride, uh, the tight end. Uh, second guy on there. He was very good at college. Um, and he's ramping up as well, but you know. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I think there's a bunch of players on there who basically don't have anything to lose. Yeah. Um, and it kind of helps you to take the pressure off, and you do have a better game. Yeah. Right. That's right. Mr. Hope. Defense. Have you so, done the defense? Have yeah, you done Nadji's, the justice? Well, Nadji's putting the. Um, Defense starters there on the screen, the depth chart for people watching. So when I looked at the defense, Lee, I took a note out of your history book and I went and had a look because um, Gannon, as Najee referred to their first year head coach, people may remember him from the Eagles, defensive coordinator. So there was a lot of talk. Was it him? Was it the players he had at the Eagles? Now, he brought with him Nick Rallis, who was the youngest coordinator in the NFL. He's only 30 years of age, the Cardinals wow. defensive coordinator. Now, like we have Kyle Shanahan, who's an offensive coach, obviously the Cardinals have brought in a defensive kind of minded head coach. And I think he works quite closely. So you, you would argue which one of them's calling the scheme. Now on paper, chaps, it's still a 3-4 scheme, which was a surprise to the Cardinals fans that I spoke to on, on Twitter when I was doing my homework because the assumption was when they brought Rallis R- in, that he would shift from the 3-4 base scheme, which the team has pretty much used since 2007. Interestingly enough, Lee, history lesson for you, the only year the Cardinals didn't use that scheme was in 2018 when a certain Steve Wilkes was the head coach. So I thought I'd throw that nugget in there because Wilkes may be coming back for a bit of a revenge game, Nadji, setting this defence up against the the offence. Now, I say the, the way they look at the scheme, Gannon's Eagles defence on paper was a 4-3 scheme, but the players he had at his disposable at the Eagles. We, we've got one of them for us, Hargrave. So what's interesting is, unlike the Giants, the Eagles last year and the Cardinals this year, they very rarely blitz. You're looking at like between 10 and 15%. And interestingly, the Cardinals tend to copy us. They, they want that front four to get the pressure. Um, the, the linebackers are featuring quite highly in this review because they're number seven who picked off uh, Dak Prescott. He's their ringleader. He's their what, kind of... What's his name? 
Because they are white. Oh, Nachi. Nachi. <laughs> Sorry. I was setting them team up, man. Game, oh, Team sorry. game. White, number seven. So he's their kind of Fred Warner. He's their, their, their flag bearer. Now, I was it was interesting to see that half of the defensive players this year are new to the team. So like you said, Nachi, on offense and defense, it's a fairly new team coming in. From a scheme standpoint they like to play a lot of split safety shells on the back end of the defense which is Gannon's speciality it's something he's stolen from his um tutelage under Mike Zimmer which he first crossed path back in 2007 when Gannon was a quality control coach for the Falcons and Zimmer was the coordinator so if you go back and look at their two defenses it's very similar the scheme that he plays so what surprised me they've got a heavy dosage of man press man coverage in that scheme but like us last year, they tended to play this bend but not break mentality. So when I watched the game tape against the Cowboys, because they lost the first two games, as Nadji said, they weren't playing anybody. I didn't focus on that. I decided that I'll look and see what they do with the Cowboys. And when they played that zone coverage, the point was to keep things in front of the defence and not allow the explosive players. So the Cowboys moved the ball quite well until they got into the red zone. And it was very scarily like watching us last year shutting the door in that red zone. I think the Cowboys scored on their first drive. Um, Uncle Rico scored. And then after that, they didn't score a touchdown. And the Cardinals' defence made the adjustments. Now, they did suffer a couple of injuries. And there's a name that I'm looking for who... I know Buda Baker's not playing. And there was, yeah, he's uh, IR. Zavan Collins, who's one of their better players. He left the okay. game against Dallas. So I don't oh, know if we've got an update against that, Nadji. Um, I was going to ask I find out. you chaps I on there. Find out. I was going to say, I didn't so, see him on the injury report. He definitely left the game, and Let's Talk Sports have a Cardinals fan, so I sent him an email, and I was like, any chance of some hints and tips? And he was just like, you're going to smash us. But then he gave us a few little nuggets, which is what I'm referring to here, because he, he was one who said he's very surprised that they haven't changed the scheme, and he's very surprised to see them not blitzing as much. And they're actually in the bottom half of the league, in pressures and sacks, which with our offense rolling into town was music to my ears. Now, as I said earlier, nearly half of the defensive starters are new to the team and it takes time to gel. Structurally, as I've said, they feature a lot of two deep safeties with a heavy dose of zone coverage, which I think Kyle Shanahan is going to eat all day on Sunday. You play zone coverage against Kyle Shanahan with his motions with, with CMC. Now, what I'll finish off with, Lee, is the Cowboys reached the red zone on five of their six final possessions last Sunday. And the Cardinals limited them to one touchdown and 13 total points. And at the time, Najee, they had no Buda Baker. Collins wasn't on the field. They were missing an inside linebacker, Barnes, who apparently is one of their better players, and the safety, Jalen Thompson. So missing some of their better players, but still shutting Dallas out of the red zone, bodes well if you're a Cardinals fan. Not so well if you're a Cowboys fan. Now, in their three games, they're actually third overall in the NFL. They've had 11 sacks. They've had three interceptions. So, interestingly, they've won the turnover battle in each of their games. And we always talk on this show, you win the turnover battle, you tend to win the game. They've you had, should win games. You yeah. should, yeah. They've had two fumble recoveries, one return for a touchdown, 16 tackles for a loss, and they've had 23 pass breakups. Now, you're likely... From my source, he said, the six linebackers they've got on the roster, they mix them up. He said, I couldn't tell you, apart from White, which one's going to play. It tends to be particular teams that the scheme for. It's a divisional game. Um, I said earlier, Najee, they lost to the Commanders 20-16. to 
the loss of the Giants, thirty-one to twenty-eight, which I think they blew quite a big lead in that game, from what I remember. But they pulled off a stunning twenty-eight to sixteen upset victory over the Cowboys. So that, for me, the true difference between this game and the previous losses against the Cowboys, sorry, is the defense stood up. They were tough. They didn't bend. They didn't break. But uh, that, for me, chaps, is the defense. I'm looking forward to seeing. Nice our offense rip it to shreds but uh any questions Absolutely. please feel free to jump in well not really a question but uh just uh point out that number 28 there Quantrez night is the other reason why i don't like having this um yeah, this roster there. yeah not, not only that i've actually got a signed helmet in the display case behind it <laughs> absolutely good <laughs> when we lost him absolutely good that's a shame i thought he was going to be a really good player and i'm quite surprised he's down there as a safety not a cornerback yeah, that's interesting, actually. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. There might be something that they've seen, their coaching staff have seen, and thought, you know what, he'll play better as a safety. But yeah, I honestly maybe, maybe. believe he's going to have a really good career. He, he looked, to yeah, me, yeah. he looked brilliant. I think so. Yeah. The interesting the thing as well that I meant to mention, sorry, is Pollard ran for 123 yards. So they did allow 185 rush yards. It was just in the red zone that they were good. And I believe the big and physical on defence and the well-coached, given that they've got a defensive head coach and they've got a new coordinator. But uh, watching the game tape, I'm not overly worried. But uh, I know Nick was fumingly with the Manning pick and I don't think he liked the night pick up either. Maybe he's got some signed merch hidden away in his collection. <laughs> yeah, but both those picks, I, I didn't like at all. I was good at that. We lost both of those. Uh, it happens. It happens. It happens, so, yeah. Uh, so injury-wise, because yeah, we forgot to do this. Uh, please, Gareth, come back. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you trying to say, Nachi? What are you trying to say? Uh, the, the hosting is great. It's just that we forget forget thing because that's what he does. Um, he's, he's organized. Exactly. Um, so James Connor is questionable. Obviously, it's just Wednesday practice because we're recording Thursday. But it's a back injury. Uh, God knows where that will take him. And then the linebacker, uh, Kearns Barnes, uh, did not practice finger injury. And Jonathan Ledbetter, there at the end, is also questionable. Uh, keep an eye on those, especially James Conner if he doesn't play. I think uh, on the offensive line as well, Nadji, they had a couple of injuries. And I'm sure they've just signed to want the practice squad and then activated him a couple of days later. But oh, that's, that might, oh, that's not good news for you if, if Roy, you have to do that against us. Roy Lopez. So I think they picked right. him up a couple of days ago and they've had to move him to the uh, 53-man squad. And like you said, I think Collier and Watkins are both possible season-ending bicep injuries. And Josh Woods oh has missed two games. So I think the, the walk and wounded was the uh, end yeah. of the email I got from my good friend over at the state who's a Cardinals fan. Yeah. So we go into this game as incredible 14 point favourites. Oh boy, that's a lot. That is a lot. And believe it or not, the over under is only 44. <laughs> so I'm, okay. I'm, I'm guessing at 14 point favourites and uh, over under 44, they're not expecting the Cardinals to score very many points. No. That, that's the that's, only thing I can yeah. take from that. And, that's crazy. Um, with, with, that, with that news there, ah, so there is something. There is something um, I kind of missed out of the history again, and it's going to involve this next part. So I don't mind saying I'm going to go last with the predictions. Not <laughs> Who that wants to go first? <laughs> Who wants to go first? 
You have to go first. One of you two has to go first because you're on the top. Well, right, Paul has to go first. <laughs> well, technically, Gareth went technically, first because he said his son the last show yeah, didn't he? Yeah, so yeah. you remind everyone who's he listening. Did. Gareth did, for clarity, he did say on the last show. But I will go next because Lee wants to be ultra competitive. But what was Gareth's <laughs> score prediction again? Uh, it was 37-17. Yeah. So he's gone over the over-under then for that score, isn't he, Gareth? Yeah, well, well over. Um, you can put it on the screen, Lee. Yeah, I've shared it. And, right, yeah, one of you two go. Well, my score prediction won't surprise anybody. Purdy, with his offense, we're definitely scoring 30 points. But I'm going to go for a 33-10 to 10 victory for the 49ers on Sunday. Very nice, very nice. I like it. Go I was going to go 44-0, but I decided that was just a bit too bold. <laughs> uh, what about a bold prediction? Let's not forget a bold prediction. Well, let's, let's, do get the, after yeah, let's get the scores out of the way. Sounds first. good. Okay, then. So I'll, I'll go next. I'll give Nadia a little bit of a, a head start there. So Gareth's prediction wasn't a million miles away from mine. And I'm yeah. going with a 38-10 victory. 38-10. Very nice. Victory. And boom. All right. Me to go. Um, I want to keep it simple. We scored 30 points every week. So we're going to win 30 to 14. And that's bang on the over-under. There we go. Sorry, what was that? 33 to 14? No, 30. Bang right. on. 30 to Same 30. amount of points we score every game. That's what, that's what we do. 30 points. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine how awesome that actually would be if we actually win every single game. We just got 30, 30 points. points. 30 yeah. every game. That would be insane. So a little bit of the uh, history that I, I neglected to share with you is the last two times the 49ers have played the Cardinals, they've scored 38 points both times. The last oh. result was 38-13. The result before that was 38-10. Now he says it. Now he says know, it. Yeah. But the last <laughs> Forgo- game was... Forgot about it. <laughs> was that, that was that was the Mexico game, wasn't it? That the last. That yeah, was, it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, what a game yeah. that was! What a game that was! All right, uh, some ball prediction, gents. Go on, Paul. You go first. Ball prediction well, Sunday. We've got two quarterbacks coming in this game with zero interceptions, and that is going to end on Sunday because Joshua Dobbs is going to get picked off three times, and we're returning one of those for a pick six from our boy Fred Warner, fifty-four. He's getting a pick nice. six on Sunday. Nice. I like that. I like that. Lee, what have you got? Yeah. Thinking. What have I got? Thinking, thinking, thinking. I was going to go exactly the same. So that's boring. <laughs> uh, Great I'm going to go the other. Uh, yeah, I know, right? I'm going to go the other way then. I think uh, I think CMC will score three touchdowns. He breaks a record if he does. Breaks Jerry's record if he scores a touchdown. It does. I mean, he, he will, right? It's, yeah. Same you know, baby. You know it's going to happen. So I, I am very, very similar to Najee here, but I'm going to say George Kittle will score three touchdowns. Oh, nice. I like it. And, and and have over 150 yards receiving. Nice. Very nice. I also think we're going to see more of Sam Darnold. In a good way, not a bad way. In a way. good way, no, in a good way. <laughs> clarify yeah, that, clarify that. Absolutely. And also we will see, uh, what's his name? Clayton Tune, who's the backup for them. 
I think they said Jordan Mason. I was thinking, the Jordan Mason Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see Jordan Mason. We'll see. We'll see Jordan Mason. That's it. What is he doing? I'm I'm just writing down the uh, the poll predictions because, you know, we always forget that. Just want to say as well, Lee, we want to put this on record. Mine and Lee's competition is on this podcast only. And I'm defending my good friend, Lee Gowland, because his interview with Ty Alston, if you haven't watched that, was awesome. Ty, absolutely love what you're doing for the group, buddy. But Lee, yeah, that was great. it only counts on this show. I don't care what Gareth says. Nadji, I'm not sure which side of the fence you sit on, but the 49 Faithful UK Live and other podcasts don't count. The competition is on this show. Only. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Fantastic idea. And, and the way it's going, you're going to win hands down. <laughs> Nah, I'll get too excited. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I haven't got a post-it note here which says, do not say, and I'm not going to say the words. <laughs> you should do that earlier, I think. <laughs> right, so public service announcements. I think there's only really the one. Yeah, there's only really the one. So over the weekend, um, the website for the watch party seemingly went down. Um, and luckily enough, obviously, because I was over in the States, so I was speaking to Nick about this. And it's because we reached the soft target of 400 people applying for tickets. So what's happened is we've actually moved to a bigger venue. It's 10 minute walk from the existing venue. It's the same chain. And that's why we could easily move. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the new the new limit is. I think it might be 500 rather than 400. Um, and that hasn't been advertised as yet, and that was to give the 49th UK an opportunity for those who missed out to go and get the tickets. And I think that will be um, advertised tomorrow, from tomorrow, which is probably the same time you're actually listening to this. So don't believe us, it's actually going to be advertised from today, unless unless you're going to listen to this on Saturday, and then it was two days ago. Yeah. And we can continue Correct. going down the rabbit hole, making scenarios <laughs> up like this, or I can shut up and move on. And the only other one is the gold mine. So the gold mine, we now have a definite 37 confirmed. Yeah. We've got three maybes, and those three maybes, in my mind, are pretty much nailed on to be confirmations within the next week. All gold mine. Which means we've got 40 people in the gold mine. All members of the 49 Affair for the UK. So the only thing that's left for me to do after I emailed Nick Clark today, and hopefully he comes back with the dimensions tomorrow, is to purchase the giant flag, which we're going to be flying over at um, Levi's. Um, and it's going to cost a lot less than what I expected it to cost. I can't remember where. I, I must have priced it up from the original supplier because mm. it was coming out at something like um, £450. Um, but when I've gone on to my new supplier, who I'm now happy with the colours, it, it, it it's good enough. I think it was only coming out about 170, so it's significantly nice. reduced. Um, so yeah, that, that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see that flying. I, I think Nick was definitely excited when I told him about the idea. It's the type of thing they definitely want because it's going to get the crowd up, um, unless they all hit us Brits, and then <laughs> and then it's not. <laughs> but, well, I will say on that note, Lee. Obviously, we've had a few members out with the games yeah. and the flag is well received um Nadja, yeah, we forgot is. to give nicholas para a shout out he's told me he's at the cowboys game he's flying the flag and i've got a photo of nick clark 
with Andy Smith on the field of the flag, yeah, which I've shared to our Instagram. There's a couple of players have signed the flag. Um, so Andy yeah. and Ard, who are out there, a flag, have been flying the flag. So I think the colour scheme helps, Lee. And I just wanted to say, I know there's a lot of talk of the meetups. There's a lot of talk of the gold mine. But we're a community. And it, like you said on the last show, Lee, if you've got a flag, fly it wherever. We want to see pictures. I think Jake Goodbye was in... Tel Aviv a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I shared right. that on the Instagram page. Nick Clark shared yeah. that one. So th- loud and proud. The goal is to uh, try and beat Wayne, which is impossible. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> Unless some astronauts happen. put it on the moon or something. It's yeah. not going to happen, is it? No, you, you're going to have to have a wing There's Eric Oregard, and then there's the yeah. rest of us. Like them and, then two the, just... and then the normal people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there's one more thing PSA though. Like, if you're coming to the gold mine and you know chance, let's write them down, prepare them because we're gonna need some chance. Um, so the interesting know. thing was on on last Thursday night, where, and I still can't believe this is a week ago since since I was there. But last Thursday night, when Nick was going through the do's and the don'ts, this is what our expectations are. One of the things he did say was, "We want you to bring." a fan flavor to this so i mean the defense yep. is the normal chant that we got but if you've got anything yep. else that you think will get the crowd riled up go for it so that's kind of set the bar for us to go out there in yeah. november because obviously we already have one or two songs which uh we know yeah, we can, watch party. Yeah, yeah and we know it got people jumping up and down and bouncing um, which yeah. in, in a little way has me concerned because obviously it's temporary seating. And if we jump up and down <laughs> on that uh, platform, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, we might have fine. to give that a soft test just after Nick's yeah. gone through a safety um, briefing. <laughs> so I'll, actually, we'll do it before he goes through a safety briefing and then he can't get into trouble. He can just turn around and say, well, you know what? They all went through the floor before I give the safety briefing. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have told him not to do that. So to get out of jail card free for Nick. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I think... I think there's a good chance if we can get people to follow us in, in this channel, yeah, and it's the, straightforward, then yeah. this is going to be special. I, I've got this vision of, I, I remember in France, a f- football thing, especially in Marseille, the two uh, behind the goal thing used to sing at each other. Yeah. I don't know if they do this in, in England, but they would say one bit of the song and then the other side would sing the rest and then back to the one side. And and I have this vision of us starting a Debo chance where it goes Debo, Debo, De, in the whole stadium. And that would be amazing if we could achieve this. I mean, it's going to be very hard to achieve because it's a bit of a foreign concept for Americans. But... We can always try. We can always try. We can absolutely try. And, and you know, the best place yeah. to try that, or the best time to try that, is, is just before kickoff, after the yeah. players have been introduced, and before the game starts. Because if we started, then you, if you can hear it catching on, then you know during the game when we're supposed to be making the noise. You just have to start yeah, it. We could try it yeah. and get everybody going. So on yeah. the note of the watch party, Lee, I have had a couple of messages from people asking about the tickets, and I hadn't yeah. said anything until your announcement but you do have to register for a ticket um so obviously on the night if you don't have a ticket you're not getting in i've downloaded the 49ers app can't believe i didn't have that on my phone and the ticket shows there quite easily quite an easy process to do um it's free yeah like you said magic it's free so So i believe so what i'd also say what i'd also say is because obviously we we hit that soft target of 400 people registering for tickets and i'm fully expecting to hit the 500 target as well which will then close the website I mean, nobody can register any tickets. We're not expecting everybody to turn up. 
I think it's going to be a lot yeah. like the uh, the Leeds meetup, where quite a number of yeah. people wanted to register to give themselves the opportunity because it was free. It wasn't cost them anything, and then they didn't bother to turn up. The NFC Championship game, I, I think we, we had a, a soft target of 400, which we, we met, and I think there was about 180, 190 people turned up, so a little under half. So what, what I'll say is, if, if you're in London because of the International Series game and you weren't able to get a ticket, I think it is still worthwhile coming around, having a look to see how full it is, to see if you can actually get in. Because there is not a chance that you will be admitted to the uh, to, to the bar. And even if you can't, 10 minutes up the road is the original um, venue who are also going to be showing NFL. So you can see it in there. I was going to say, Lee, in the group event, I think it's a 67 going. And I know not everybody's on Facebook, but if you are going, please do click yeah. on the event. And what we're trying to do as well, um, like what you said earlier, Nadji, like, for example, the gold mine, there's an event page in the Facebook group and people are sharing stories in there. And I guess that's the same with the London meet. Um, and I know there's going to be people in London all weekend. Some are going to the game. Some are just coming down for our watch party. But I'm so excited that on the calendar I've got the watch party, got the gold mine. So I make no apologies. <laughs> if you don't like to see it on my social media, I won't be offended if you mute me. But I trust you, there's going to be about 3,755 posts when we get in San Francisco. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how how they make it a UK feel mm. because I yeah, believe that too. is definitely on the cards. Lots yeah. of red and gold. Yeah, it would be red jerseys in London as well. So yeah. I'm hoping. Probably I red. think we should go for wear red and then obviously yeah. from there. Yeah, I mean wear whatever you want, but red is better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Red. Right, guys, if that is it. All that's left for me to say is thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you. Thank you to everyone that listens to the show. Please remember to rate and uh, subscribe to both the podcast and the YouTube channel because that is so helpful to us. It's unbelievable. Um, comment as well. Stick a comment on there because it all goes to the, towards the algorithm, pushes up in, us into other people's feeds, and it means we get more right. viewers, more downloads, and stuff like that. Really good things might happen in the future. Might not, but they might. Right, guys. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Go Niners. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurts, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with Rob Tom. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side.